Curiosity is a production of WDET in Detroit. Visit us at WDET.org slash curious. This is Curiosity, where WDET finds the answers to your questions about everything Detroit. Here we go. Let's get to the bottom of this question. I always drive by Lewis Stone Pool on Forest and Lodge, and I always wondered who Lewis Stone was in the history of Detroit. That question came from Joseph Kakos from Bloomfield, Michigan. To find the answer, I talked to Andrea Gallucci. I'm a librarian at CommuniCorps Post in Birmingham and an archivist at Temple Bethel Congregation in Bloomfield Hills. Lewis Stone is definitely a forgotten story in Detroit. Um, actually, his name, his given name is Leba Stepansky. Uh, Leba, L-E-I-B-A. Early on in life, he decided that he wanted to go to medical school. Um, but being Jewish and being in Russia, he knew that probably was not a possibility. And that's because only about 5% of college enrollment was Jewish, and getting admitted was a huge process. Ultimately, a judge deemed Lewis, or Leba, an illegitimate child, and he was denied. The writing was on the wall. Stone had to leave Russia if he wanted to pursue higher education. And around 1913, that's exactly what he did. He went to night school to learn English, and he finished high school in Boston, and he started working at a pharmacy, and eventually he did attend college and received a pharmacist certificate. Now let's fast forward. He's finished with pharmacy school. A few years later, Stone leaves Boston and sets his sights on Detroit, where the automobile industry was taking off and the population was growing faster than anywhere else in the entire country. Well, when he came to Detroit in 1925, he initially ended up at a pharmacy in Little Bohemia. And then eventually he moved on to his home base uh, pharmacy, which was at 3rd and Stimson. When Stone came to the United States, he was a bachelor, and he had a lot of friends. Friends that ran the range of society. He was friends with politicians, mayors, students, judges, attorneys. And he was a children's advocate. He created these great Halloween parties. The first party he had was actually in his drugstore, and it got a little bit out of control. And while the parties were definitely inspired by Stone's universal love of children, Gallucci says there was one particular night that changed everything. Halloween night, 1928, was the game changer. Um, He was in his pharmacy. A young woman came in and said, Oh my God, I need something for my nerves. And he said, what is the problem? And she said, well, my young boy was trick-or-treating and he had on a mask and he didn't see the car and the driver didn't see him. It was dark and he was struck and killed by the car. Being a a feeling person, this is what propelled him to create this safe trick-or-treating environment. Every parent knows that when your kid's having fun, the last thing a kid wants to do is and the fun. Um, at Whenever he had a party, he would give some sort of signal, and the kids all knew the signal. Perhaps it was like a whistle. And so when those kids heard the whistle, everybody stopped what they were doing, and what they would do is they would yell in unison, Okay, Louie! And that signified that the event was over. And as a parent, that's pretty genius. Lewis Stone went on to throw countless parties for children in Detroit and was recognized for his humanitarian efforts by organizations across the state. Gallucci says one year, the Michigan legislature even identified him as the person most responsible for decreasing juvenile delinquency. Um, He would see needy kids in his neighborhood, and what he would do is he knew the parents couldn't take those kids to a Tiger game, so he did it. And 
the very, very important thing is he bankrolled all of this out of his own personal savings. Lewis Stone dedicated his life to serving his community and continued to receive recognition for that service even after his death, which happened on January 3rd, 1953. The ironic thing about his death is that the Detroit Teachers Association decided to give him uh, their first ever Distinguished Service Award. So they sent him a letter saying, Dear Mr. Stone, we would like to give this award to express our gratitude for your distinguished service. And then he wrote back, because this is the 50s, uh, he wrote back and said, Thank you so much. I'll be there in person to accept it. He put a stamp on the envelope, he mailed the envelope, he went home, and he died. And just a few months after that, Gallucci says the Detroit Common Council passed an ordinance to honor his life with the Lewis Stone Memorial Pool and Park. Because he came from Russia and he had no one, when he died, he had no survivors but just his friends. They um, went on to plan a memorial service that happened on the street in front of his drugstore on 3rd Street. And it had um, a military salute. There was a big picture of him, and people were putting flowers, kind of like Princess Diana. And the uh, there was a rabbi and a priest and a minister. And again, at the end of the memorial service... All the kids that attended got the signal, and they said, okay, Louie. And then what happened was the kids got on these shuttle buses, these motor coaches, and they went to the Shrine Circus. And that's the way it ended. All right, Joseph, so does that answer your question? Yes, it's very interesting. And I just always wonder who he was, and I think it's a fabulous story, and I'm so happy you figured this out for me. If you have a question about Detroit that's been bugging you, ask WDET and we'll chase down the answer. Ask away at WDET.org slash curious.